Welcome to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. I'm Pastor Kristen Stone King. Our mission at Epworth is to live out God's love for all. We strengthen our faith as we worship, study, develop a creative, supportive community, and serve others. Together, we encourage each other, challenge each other, and welcome all people on their journey of faith. We are a reconciling congregation, meaning that persons of all sexual orientations and gender identities are welcomed to help transform our church and our world into the full expression of Christ's inclusive love. We are a sanctuary church advocating for the rights and dignity of immigrants, and we stand in solidarity with the movement for Black Lives. Come we that love the Lord and let our joys be known. Join in a song with sweet accord. Join in a song with sweet accord. And thus around the throne, and thus surround the throne. We're marching to Zion, beautiful, beautiful Zion. We're marching up to Zion, the beautiful city of God. Our podcast blends a taste of the music that we experience here in worship on Sunday mornings, along with a scripture reading and a message. But children of the heavenly King, but children of the heavenly King, they speak their joys abound, they speak their joys abroad. We're marching to Zion, beautiful, beautiful Zion. We're marching upward to Zion, the beautiful city of God. The hills of Zion yields a thousand sacred speech. Oh, <laughs> 
Today's scripture is Psalm 1. I'm reading from a book called Psalms for Praying. Blessed are those who walk hand in hand with goodness, who stand beside virtue, who sit in the seat of truth. For their delight is in the spirit of love, and in love's heart they dwell day and night. They are like trees planted by streams of water that yield fruit in due season, and their leaves flourish. And in all they do, they give life. The unloving are not so. They are like dandelions, which the wind blows away. Turning from the heart of love, they will know suffering and pain. They will be isolated from wisdom. For love knows the way of truth. The way of ignorance will perish as love's penetrating light breaks through hearts filled with illusions. Forgiveness is the way.
you pray with me, please? Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Last week, I was in Kansas City helping my mother move and had the blessing of watching a sermon from her pastor, Pastor Aaron Roberts at Colonial United Church of Christ, and I took inspiration from his sermon that day for this sermon. Pastor Aaron's sermon was part of a series called Lessons from the Black Church. Pastor Aaron began by sharing a truth he had learned before he even became a pastor, and this is it. Your church community's soul will be revealed to newcomers before the first word of the sermon is ever spoken. It's important for us to hold this truth as we prepare to return to in-person worship next week and to consider also what it means for this new digital space that we'll continue to inhabit through the live stream. Your church community's soul will be revealed to newcomers before the first word of the sermon is ever spoken. So given this, we have to ask, is each person who walks through the doors of Epworth, whether virtual or actual, welcomed as Christ? Do we greet them as someone who has been longed for and is now home? Does a person new to Epworth experience compassion and joy and a genuine sense of Epworth's particular commitments to freedom and dignity for all. One of the reasons the Methodist movement gained momentum is that in its early days in the 18th century, it was a movement that welcomed all. The gospel the Wesleys and other early Methodists lived and preached stood against the tyranny of class and hierarchical systems and other systems that kept people divided. The Methodist movement enjoined people to move away from legalism, away from arguing about what is right doctrine, and into the freedom of striving for right relationship. It was a movement that didn't doubt the weakness and frailty of humans, but trusted fully in God's mercy and grace. As part of that striving for right relationship, John Wesley, the primary founder of Methodism, was an ardent abolitionist and denounced slavery as the major sin of the British nation. As the Methodist movement began to spread in the colonies and the new nation, this nation, the call to strive for right relationship, that emphasis on grace and freedom, spoke to many, including persons brought to this nation from Africa against their will in enslavement. One of those persons was Richard Allen. I know many of you know Richard Allen's story. It was shared by Dr. Greg Downs as part of our Holy Conversation series on race, racism, and racial justice in the fall. Richard Allen was born into slavery in Philadelphia in 1760. He and his family were then moved to Delaware, though some sources say that he was actually born in Delaware. Most sources say he was born in Philadelphia. Some history books say that as a boy, Richard was given time to learn to read, but of course, no one has the right to give someone else their own time. 
Richard proved to be a prodigy in literary and oratorical pursuits, and at age 17, being moved by the preaching of an itinerant Methodist minister, Richard converted to Christianity and Methodism himself and began to preach. At about the same time, the man enslaving Richard Allen heard a traveling Methodist preacher on the Delaware circuit by the name of Freeborn Gerritsen. Gerritsen preached the sinfulness of slavery and had freed enslaved persons formerly in his charge. He was among the first Methodist itinerant preachers born in this country, a strong abolitionist and a direct mentee of the early Methodist leader, Francis Asbury. Gerritsen's preaching led to the emancipation of many enslaved persons in Delaware, and by 1810, 76% of Delaware African Americans were emancipated, even though slavery remained legal in Delaware. Gerritsen's preaching convicted Allen's enslaver of his sins. He said that when slave owners were weighed in the balance, they would be found wanting. Allen's enslaver believed himself to be one of that number, and after that, he could not be satisfied to hold slaves, believing it was wrong. Allen was told he could buy his own freedom, and he proceeded to earn money by working as a non-combatant in the Continental Army during the Revolutionary War, as well as other jobs. In 1783, he had his freedom. Allen moved to Philadelphia, where he began to worship at St. George's Methodist Church, a diverse congregation with both black and white members, where he uh, he became deeply involved. Allen and a dear friend, Absalom Jones, were two of the first freed African-American persons licensed to preach in the Methodist Church. At St. George's, Allen was given the 5 a.m. service, not the prime time, but he preached so fervently and so so convincingly that um, even though the hour was early, Allen's service began to grow faster than the other services at the church. In 1787, Richard Allen and Absalom Jones formed the Free African Society that assisted fugitive enslaved persons from the South and new migrants coming into the city of Philadelphia. Their call and skill to organize on behalf of the rights and dignity and freedom of others also was present at St. George's as the, the formerly more integrated church began to lose its way and began to engage in segregated seating. White members required black members to use chairs around the walls rather than the pews. During one service in 1787, a group of black members sat in some pews that unbeknownst to them had been reserved for white members. As they knelt in prayer, a white trustee came over and grabbed Absalom Jones and began pulling on him saying, you must get up, you must not kneel here. Though Jones asked him to wait until prayer was over, the trustee retorted, no, you must get up now, or I will call for aid and force you away. But the group finished praying before they got up, and then they walked out. They repaired to a blacksmith's shop in Philadelphia, which then later became the first site of Bethel African Methodist Episcopal Church.
One would have thought that St. George's would have soon seen that they had made a grave mistake and lost some of their best and brightest members. One might have thought that they would have come in confession and penitence to the members who had to walk out out of their own dignity and sense of justice and asked their forgiveness and tried to make the right wrong. But no, that's not what happened. Instead, the Methodist denomination used litigation, fines, and harassment to stop Allen, even to the point of trying to take the property of Bethel AME. But Allen and his supporters acted quickly, raising over $10,000, a huge amount of money at that time, and bought the property back. Bethel grew to over 400 members in just a couple of decades and was a critical stop on the Underground Railroad. It was considered the most important institution for African Americans in Philadelphia and is the mother church of the African Methodist Episcopal Church. Absalom Jones himself formed a black Episcopal congregation and though the two men's uh, denominational paths uh, parted, they remained friends. The first psalm tells us this, Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or take the path that sinners tread, or sit in the seat of scoffers. But their delight is in the law of the Lord, and on God's law they meditate day and night. They are like trees planted by streams of water, which yield their fruit in its season, and their leaves do not wither. In all they do, they prosper. The way of the Lord led Richard Allen and Absalom Jones out of St. George's Methodist Church. Bethel African Methodist Episcopal Church became like a tree planted by the water. In these days, when the Methodist denomination is struggling again over a future of inclusivity and freedom versus a future of exclusion, and hierarchies, power, and control, I have to wonder, have we lost our way? As infighting continues about laws and rules, Richard Allen and Absalom Jones remind us that the Methodist movement was successful in the early years because it stood for human dignity. It stood against the tyranny of class and systems that separate people. It wanted to move away from the legalism of right doctrine to the freedom of right relationship. That was the stream by which they planted and they prospered. We have to wonder why this short psalm was chosen to lead the entire book of 150 psalms. Why do you think? It begins, happy are those. And then its counsel can be summed up to say, be not self-centered, but be God-centered. Don't be pulled into squabbles, but be like a tree planted by the water, planted by the life-giving source. And as you stand for what is right, delight in God's ways. Keep the main thing, the main thing. At many, many points in his life, Richard Allen could have sunk into despair. He could have given up on God 
But instead, he kept insisting on the path of the living God, the way of faith, the way of dignity, the way of freedom. Amen. When the storms of life are raging, stand by me. When the storms of life are raging, stand by me. When the world is tossing me like a ship upon the sea, thou who rulest wind and water, stand by me. In the midst of tribulation, Stand by me when the host of hell assail, like my strength begins to fail. Thou who never lost a battle, stand by me in the midst of faults and failures. Stand by me. In the midst of faults and failures, stand by me. When I've done the best I can, and my friends misunderstand, Thou who knowest all about me, stand by me. In the midst of Stand by me in the midst of persecution. Stand by me with my foes in war array. Undertake to stop my way. Thou whose aid and call and silence. Stand by me. been listening to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. Wherever you're located, we'd love for you to take a next step in growing in faith in this community. Our online worship is at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings on Facebook, YouTube, and on our website at epworthberkeley.org. Or you can fill out an online connect card at epworthberkeley.org backslash connect. Have a great week.